So, the police came into the office this afternoon. Apparently, one Joseph Weston was found beaten, mutilated, and murdered a few nights ago. Apparently, the last person to see him was Kathy, heartbroken but courageously persevering Hammond. I mean, of course her alibi checks out. Everyone and their damn mothers took Kathy out for dinner and drinks. Hell, afterwards they probably drove her home, wrapped her up in a cozy blanket, and made her hot cocoa to soothe her soul and mend her tender heart. But the witnesses for dinner were enough. They interviewed almost everybody, except for me. They looked at me, sitting timidly in my cubicle, chewing on my bottom lip and clutching the most recent meat doll of the month club. It was a quaint giraffe made of marbled corned beef leaning down to take a drink of water. I held onto it like it was a life preserver made of fairy dust and chocolate. I say they looked at me, but maybe looked through me is more accurate. I can feel my pores oozing sweat, sweat that reeked of guilt in the tandoori chicken dinner I'd had last night. You know, a couple of nights after I killed a man. (sighs) Don't get me wrong, he wasn't the first and wouldn't be the last, but this was a new experience, what with the fuzz and all. The cop scanned my face and sent his eyeballs on a boring three-second vacation around my cubicle. It's just three hollow metal walls making up my professional obliette, decorated with a variety of motivational posters. You know, like the one with the kitten barely hanging on for dear life from a tree branch, or that one that's a picture of an adult's hand clasping a child's, but you can tell the child is apprehensive and reluctant in the face of the adult's unnerving authority. Beneath the picture, it says identity in big letters. And then beneath that, in smaller letters, it says, you aren't you, you're who we say you are. Wait a minute, I don't remember putting that one up. Or the one next to it with the rushing nesting dolls that says truth. And then beneath that, it says, don't look inward for answers. Look outward, look beyond, and remember to clear your browser history. As I just stared at the posters like an archaeologist stares at hieroglyphics, the cop leaned into my cubicle and sucked in a quick breath between puckered lips. The following exhale was tired and bored. Our eyes locked as the heaviness of his breath working pulled me from my trance. And have you been a good girl for Christmas, his eyes implored. My knuckles whitened and the giraffe was crushed into two separate mounds of uncooked cow flesh in my fists. Heading back and nodding to his partner, he turned away and walked down the carpeted pathways between cubicles, his footsteps padded and quiet, but still ominously thudding with grave doom in my ears. The two policemen moved past the office water cooler, braving the unsettled stares from my co-workers. They tried to avert their gazes in time with the officers passing, but failed miserably. The detectives noticed, but didn't engage, wearing an uncomfortable professional awkwardness that was ill-practiced. Welcome to your ShineBright orientation. By now you've filled out an application, been vetted by one or more of our trained corporate professionals, been thoroughly mentally broken down, conditioned for your new career, signed the non-disclosure agreement every ShineBright employee is required to sign, and been fitted with a contingency microbomb at the base of your skull. If you have done all of this, please stay seated for the rest of your orientation. 
If you haven't, please exit the suite and meet with our security team already waiting for you because we already know you don't belong here. We always knew. We always know. Shame on you. If you didn't already know, ShineBright is the largest multinational conglomerate operating now or ever. We provide not only consumer products from pants to gasoline and from dog food to the neurobiological implants in most, if not all, of your children, to services in every aspect of living, including food, major and minor medical services, and global corporate dominance. You've probably bought a ShineBright product or service without ever realizing it. And that's the magic of ShineBright. We are in your life without you knowing it or asking for it. ShineBright has done the work to be part of you without any effort from you. And now you've joined the winning team. ShineBright offers all of our employees competitive wages, inclusive personal care coverage, and marketplace discounts in exchange for allegiance and obedience. Is that too much to ask? ShineBright will give you a place to work, a place to live, and a place to belong, if you'll let us. We will provide you with a purpose, a purpose you didn't even know you yearned for. We will fill that hole in you, the one you didn't even know existed, until you applied for this position. If you endeavor hard and long and well enough towards our goals, whether short-term, long-term, or whether you agree with our ultimate wisdom or not, which you do... Your children and their children will want for nothing in the new world ShineBright is creating. They will have a world that is ordered and safe. They will wear leather clothes that will last them their entire lives. Their neuroreceptors will only have the tastes of honey and wine beamed to them from our satellites, and their dreams will be of an even better world if they can even come close to tenuously conceiving paradise. So, are you excited to start this gleaming path that both starts and ends with ShineBright? Now that we've weeded out the undesirable elements from the suite and the employable population, it's time to tour your new workplace, the ShineBright facility you've been assigned to. So, if you'll step outside the room, you'll be ushered to your gender-specific changing rooms. Please remove your clothes, prepare for the decontamination procedures. Then, find your new ShineBright provided uniforms with your name already embroidered on it. Get used to it, because it will be your second skin for your time at ShineBright. So, in closing, welcome to ShineBright. Not just your home away from home, but your new home now. As they stood in my supervisor's doorway, I could see them jerking their thumbs over their shoulders in my general direction. I saw them nod and understanding at words that came across to me as droning murmurs, sounds with only vowels in their inherent genetic makeup. The cops backed up and turned to leave. The partner said something into the radio microphone on his lapel. The one that searched my face and office for any clues looked everywhere around the office floor, doing one last sweep. He intently looked everywhere except where I was now standing up and watching them over my cubicle walls. The giraffe was now soaked in my acrid, guilty sweat and its own salty juices, turning into stringy mush that was starting to leak between my fingers. My hands jolted open, throwing the ball of moist, compressed meat to the ground without much flourish. The detectives exited the floor unceremoniously, and I sat back down at my desk. 
I could hear people moving around, clustering into groups and whispering. The rumor mill was already abuzz. A couple of drones made their way over to Kathy Queen Bee Hammond, ready to comfort and console her. I stared at my keyboard and then to the truth poster. I stood up, wiping my damp hands on my pants and looking out across the floor. If my eyes were rats, they quickly, almost instantly, made it through the end of the corporate maze to the cheese that was Kathy. Her head turned toward me, slowly, like a dream or a movie. Our eyes met for the first time in years. She was genuinely looking right at me, not over me, not around me, but at me. And what her puffy, bloodshot, tear-wrapped eyes said to me was, not again. I slammed back down into my chair so fast, the seat almost ejected me back out of it and onto the carpet. The eyes I've waited my entire life to fall on me, and when they do, it was with searing, accusatory anger? That's not the right word. What was it? Heated confusion? Pity? An innocent need to understand what was happening? I didn't know what she wanted from me. I wish she'd have just ignored me, which I know how to deal with, but this? This is new, and like Shinebright always said, new is scary. Don't like anything new unless it's from us, which was written in the Christmas cards every year. Her imploring eyes wouldn't stop burning themselves into my brain. They seemed to haunt me, superimposing themselves over the truth poster, the identity poster, the blue post-it note sticking to the bottom of my CRT monitor that reminded me to DVR next week's Famous Cannibals, Where Are They Now? episode. Her stern eyes, glazed with welling tears and an indiscriminate feeling, reminded me of Sam, the Euclid's imaginary dog. Unlike her eyes, Sam's eyes were sad but wise. No one ever saw Sam but me for some reason. Even though he didn't seem to exist in the traditional way most other dogs did, Mr. and Mrs. Euclid always kept bowls of food and water full outside on their back porch. When I was a kid, I'd be playing in the backyard, and I'd hear Sam ask me if anything was wrong or how my day was. Invariably, I would bring up Kathy isn't every story about her anyway, Hammond. She always seemed to pique Sam's interest. I always felt, after talking to Sam, that there was something he wasn't telling me. I felt in my bones that Sam held on to some secret. What was stranger than her eyes dredging all of this up was the split-second blink and you would have missed it, if you were capable of seeing it, that is, vision of Sam. My eyes jumped down and away from Kathy's shining center of attention Hammond. My gaze landed on my computer screen, and I thought I saw Sam reflected back at me with a quick nod and a twinkle in his eyes. He was gone, leaving two things a weird sense of calm, and five words that replaced the chaotic maelstrom of my mind that felt like his secret was finally revealed. I heard him in my head say, You're going to be fine. I think I heard Kathy just upset my personal status fucking quo Hammond mumble something like, I think I know, or I think she knows, but I couldn't hear her properly while I aggressively typed the one word I heard one of the police say into his radio. I type in T-U-L-P-A and click the search button because right then, I wasn't feeling very lucky at all. 
I Hate Kathy Hammond is written by Douglas Allen and co-produced by Kate Pumplin and Douglas Allen. It features the voice talents of Douglas Allen, Kate Archuleta, Kate Pumplin, and Christy Wolf. For more information, please visit us at www.bacnpodcast.com. And if you like what you hear, check out our other shows like Black Falls, Nerd Vomit, and Fear Agents.